It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a vest-wearing gambler's gambler, just here to share what I've learned about taking advantage of casinos in every way possible. And since I don't want a lawsuit over anything in this podcast, let's do that disclaimer and then get things started in proper fashion. Non-binary persons, gentlemen, ladies, everything that goes bump in the night, including the ghost duck. This podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Don't gamble with money you need to pay bills. Don't gamble with borrowed money. Don't gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Past results are not a prediction of future outcomes for any of us. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you cannot find the hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will make sure that you have that number. Everything here is factual and accurate to the best of my ability. For entertainment purposes, name are changed to call signs stuff that happens but isn't interesting and doesn't change the final financial outcomes is often omitted to prevent listener boredom (laughs) all right sorry about the edits on that t-rex it took more than one take folks um wow episode 47 what a long strange trip it's been i've got a lot to cover for you today if you're just listening for the first time welcome if you've been listening for a while thank you very much Billy with the great last name answered an excellent set of questions online last week, and I thought I'd share the questions and some of the answers we came up with in a question segment today. I got to hang out with Gabriel this past week, and I haven't updated you on my time playing craps in a while, so I thought I'd do that today in a Gambling with Gabriel segment. That's always our craps time. I'll give you details on my casino trips this week in a travel segment, as well as give you the results for the whole month last month. And I've got a quick story for you with a minor lesson slash observation in the VIP lounge. So there we go. That's the plan. That's what we're going to try to do and do as well as we can. By the way, Guardian and Jet, they have not checked in yet. Still haven't heard from those guys. Let's let's, uh, start things off gambling with Gabriel. If you're new to things, Gabriel is a longtime friend that over the course of this podcast went from being a regular blackjack player to being a a fairly regular craps player. And until the time that he did that, my knowledge of craps was basically, basically, easy for me to say, limited to what I read in books and simulated for free on a computer, as well as one bad experience in Las Vegas trying to put that book knowledge into action. Gabriel demonstrated that there were a variety of aspects of the game that could only be understood and evaluated by actually playing. Eventually, I created an EBR, an experimental bankroll, and started trying to figure out if I could apply the core concepts of casino combat to craps and make it a reliable part of my regular game. Unless and until I can figure out a way to consistently benefit from playing craps or lose all or most of the EBR, results from craps are not reported each week or included in the results for the month, because they're not casino combat results. They're not something that I'm ready to stand behind and tell you that you, if you do what I do, this should work for you. I am nowhere near there yet. That said, I did want to give you a quick update, both because I actually got to play craps with Gabriel last week, and because I've been playing semi-regularly since returning from Las Vegas at the start of the month. I've had a mix of winning and losing craps tables, and the EBR is currently missing about a day and a half's pay, mostly from uh, a loss I took last week hanging out with Gabriel at our local casino. 
Fun, quick story about that, actually. Uh, I order, ordered a bourbon from the waitress, and she asked if I was uh, a Tier 4 member. Obviously, she didn't use those words, but the equivalent of a Tier 4 member in the rewards club since players at that tier get a deep discount on drinks because the VIP lounge is currently closed. I joked that no, I wasn't, but that maybe she could pretend Gabriel had ordered my drink since he was at the correct level and I wasn't. So she comes back a little later and she says, I've known you guys forever, but somehow I got confused and brought you Gabriel's drink. And then she charged me the discounted price. Uh, Have I mentioned it's good to have casino allies as a casino gambler? (laughs) Anyway, here's where I'm at with things on craps in general. I'm comfortable with being the shooter at a craps table and perhaps even more surprising to me, I usually manage to make some money for myself and others at least once or twice each session. I'm figuring out how to build and use a win stack while playing craps, which is very different. It's just a different process than doing the same thing at a blackjack table or a baccarat table. I figured out a couple different ways to put progressive and regressive elements into my wagering process. And I think I may be able to find something in that area that makes sense. I think I may be able to find a way to build those concepts into things. I'm starting to sort out the positive and negative exit points. And that's the part that I'm concerned about the most. As I'm seeing things at the moment, the positive exit number is meaningfully smaller than the negative exit number. And that probably doesn't work over time unless positive exits happen way more frequently than negative exits. I'm still sorting that out. Don't know if I can make that work. The tier points for craps continue to be an upside I wouldn't have anticipated and I'm really seeing the benefits from. And it may be a reason for craps to be included in the Casino Combat Toolbox regardless of some of the other factors being completely perfect. We'll see. Work in progress. Also by way of an update, Gabriel modified his wager selection process last week, which is kind of saying who he bets on and how he bets, and continues to get more consistent in his throwing techniques. Either as a result of all that or simply because of random variation, he managed to leave with four nice wins in four consecutive visits. Um over the past uh, couple of weeks. If I can start reaching those results, we will have an addition to the official casino combat skill set, and Mrs. TRG will probably let me replace the ping pong table in the basement with a craps table. (laughs) That'd be fun. Uh, That'd be expensive, but that'd be fun. All right, let's do questions my sons ask next. Billy with the great last name found some good ones last week, and uh, I want to share those with you too. What? What? My sons ask questions, listeners ask questions, and sometimes the online communities we hang out in ask some great questions as well. That's what happened this week. Billy is part of a Caesars Reward Program online group, and another member posted an interesting question this week. It went something like this, and obviously I'm paraphrasing. My husband and I have been part of Caesars Rewards for years, coming to Las Vegas several times a year, but never reaching anything beyond platinum status. That's uh, second tier in their reward system, for those of you not familiar. We moved to Las Vegas last year, and now my husband is only 400 points from being Diamond. That's the third tier. This is all new to us. How do we do this? And I thought Billy's initial response was a great one. He said, tell me what you want to accomplish, and I probably have an idea or three. Do you want to just gamble enough between now and December to reach Diamond? Do you want to reach Diamond as quickly as possible, and you don't care about the money involved? Do you want to try to reach seven stars? That'd be the the top tier. By December. Do you want to build comps, or do you just want more benefits? 
And interestingly, someone other than the original author quickly jumped in and said, I want to do Diamond as fast as possible. I'm in a similar spot. Well, that's an easy one. Caesar's Reward gives five tier credits for each $1 spent on hotel rooms and resort fees. And one tier credit per dollar for other items purchased at Caesar's properties. Given the way pricing is right now, one night, midweek, staycation, with the hotel room and resort fees, you're going to be around 80 bucks. Yeah, for insurance, throw in an expensive meal at the food court, um, you know, a couple slices of pizza, some sodas and some ice cream. You'll be diamond in a few days when those points are added to your account. Boom, done. Simple, easy, no risk. Also, no chance to win any money. And also, you're not building anything toward any type of comps. Another member of the group said, I'm similar spot, need just a little bit less than that. Want to do seven stars by the end of the year without going broke. And this is where Billy decided to kind of bring me into the loop with some text messages. And our response was, six to eight hours a week, basic strategy blackjack, $1,000 bankroll, proper progressive and regressive wagers, and exit point discipline, you know, the basic core concept stuff. And you should be able to grind out a profit and enough points to hit seven stars by December. Or at least by the start of December, you'll be close enough that you can figure out how to finish things up with either some extra gambling or some spending. The next question was also interesting. A regular slot player who also plays blackjack with bets between $25 and $50 wanted to know the quickest, least risky way to gamble for those 400 points and build future comps rather than just spending enough to get the points. I think we surprised some people with our answer to this one. Our response was, find a $10 craps table, which is easy enough to do at Flamingo or Harrah's right now. Honestly, probably Bally's and Paris too. I just can't confirm that from real life experience. Anyway, at craps, after a point is established, bet the six and the eight at the table minimum, which is $12 each. So $24, which should be comfortable for a $25 blackjack player. Now, this is around a 4.5%-ish, without looking it all up, house advantage wager, as compared to a 0.0-ish percentage house advantage at blackjack. But blackjack wagers are resolved way more quickly. You know, every boom, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're resolving hands just as fast as the hands can be dealt. And the craps wager could be resolved with just one roll of the dice, but often, it'll be 15 minutes or more with multiple rolls before those two $12 craps wagers are resolved. So less wagers, less risk over a span of time. And based on my experiences at the Flamingo at the start of the month, $400 or 400 points sorry, should take a couple of hours to accomplish and probably will not result in the loss of the entire $200. By comparison, with $25 and $50 bets at Blackjack, it would take 8 to 10 hours to get that many points in my experience. And let's be honest, it's tough to win money at Blackjack with a bet range that narrow, and a lot more than $200 is going to be put at risk over that period of time, and probably a fair amount lost. Finally, by comparison, Caesars Rewards gives one tier credit for every $5 spun through a slot machine which means spending $2,000 through a slot machine to earn 400 tier credits. That's a lot more money at risk. That's a great example of craps being a useful tool to a gambler. That's also an example of something I didn't know when I started this podcast. There you go. Some great questions from the online space.
The travel segment is next with results for the week and a determination if we had a profit or a loss for the month of April. So last week set up a little weird. The first part of the week was the end of the month of April, and then the weekend was the start of the month of May. So as a result, I'll depart from my normal weekly results in the travel segment, monthly results in the VIP lounge approach, and just handle everything in this segment. I ended the month with a horrible visit to my local casino. I picked up some free slot play and won way more on that free slot play that they gave me using uh, TRG slot strategy number one. I managed to get a seat at a blackjack table, but lost three hands in a row with a double on the last hand for a quick and damaging end to the gambling for the month. Very frustrating. In fact, I also had a losing slot machine on my way out the door using TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. So definitely kind of not the way you wanted to end your month and not the numbers you wanted to add right at the end of a month. We started the new month with a trip to our home casino, Casino 2. Quick reminder... Golden Fan, Master of Details, and Keeper of Wisdom have all joined the inner circle because they managed to figure out the real name of my home casino using the clues included in the podcast, well, and some social media clues uh, since the first day. Been there the whole time. They're there if you want to play. You're welcome to join them by figuring it out as well and sending me an email with your guests, which is your application to be a member of the group. We made a bit of a concession on this trip. We really did. Uh, because of the Kentucky Derby on Saturday night, the hotel was sold out. We had a comp, but we couldn't use it, and, and that's understandable. But we wanted to have a date night. Mrs. TRG was ready to get out of the house and have a break. She's been work, 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 work since, uh, since we, uh, we got back from Las Vegas. So we paid for a room at a hotel across the street. Casino was packed and very fun since a lot of people were there for the Derby. A lot of people were dressed up for the Derby. Lots of hats, lots of, uh, lots of suspenders, lots of pastels, lots of all those kind of traditional Derby things. Our first table was a losing table, unfortunately, but a very fun table. The, the dealer, just in the course of conversation, says, oh, what do you do for a living? And uh, so I tell him I'm an IT consultant. And he's really surprised. And I said, well, why are you surprised? That's not a particularly unusual thing. He goes, oh, I just figured you were a cop. And I said, well, why would, why would you think I'm a cop? And he said, well, who else wears a tactical vest to a casino? And I explained, it was either the vest or the purse. It was just a way to organize everything. And he said he understood. And then he was telling us that uh, he kind of does the same thing. He uses a concealed carry uh, firearm holster. Uh, an ankle holster to carry his phone and his wallet since um, dealer pants, dealer you know uniforms don't have pockets and he'd rather have his phone and his wallet with him instead of leaving them in his car or, or in a locker. So he asked and we had a quick discussion about you know kind of what items I carry, why do I need so many pockets and I gave him a quick rundown. And a few hands later, I managed to put together a six-card 21 hand. Not a particularly common thing in blackjack for you to draw six cards and still be in the game and have 21. And he said that I had just MacGyvered my way to a victory. And just like that, for the rest of that table, I was simply MacGyvering a vest to the dealer and the other, the other players. Uh, fun way to spend some time. Fun group. Wish we could have pulled a, a small win out of that one. Uh, so we ate dinner, and we paid for dinner with rewards points, so a comp to dinner. 
And we played one more table and took another loss. And Mrs. TRG had a losing slot machine. And at this point, it's early and things did start to get a little frustrating. We wanted to continue gambling. We were thinking we might even go upstairs for some fancy dessert and fancy martinis. And we just couldn't get a seat. Too many people, big crowd. We ended up calling it a night earlier than we would have liked rather than just stand around in a crowd doing nothing and being frustrated. And going to depart from format just a little bit for the sake of sharing the entire story. I'm going to include Sunday in the week. And let's be fair. Let's be honest. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I'm not very consistent. Uh, We had brunch at the casino on Sunday. Played one more blackjack table, had a nice run, won back what we had lost the night before, and and, uh, just a little more. So a very nice finish up to our trip. For the week, we lost and spent just a little more than one day's pay, which when you dig into the numbers comes down to the, the quick losing table at my local casino and the money spent on the hotel room. Honestly, keep that cash from the hotel room, add the value of the room comp, and it's a winning week on paper, just not in cash, but in terms of stuff received versus lost and spent would have been a winning week. Uh, let's see. Uh, look, before I break down the month for you, please remember that these are modest results from very modest gambling. Hang around online forums and you'll see plenty of people receiving offers for comp suites for four nights in expensive hotels, hundreds of dollars in free slot play, hundreds of dollars food and beverage credits, I'm not gambling at that level. I'm not getting those offers. I'm not bragging about any of this. I'm just determining if we won or lost the month based on the criteria of the podcast. So let's take a look. We're going to once again use the metaphor that a day's pay is exactly one American dollar. So I've converted all the results from my spreadsheet using that standard. To understand what this would mean in your life, positive or negative, figure out what you earn a day and multiply it by the numbers I'm about to give you. Here we go. We won 64 cents playing blackjack, 43 cents playing slot machines with our own money, and 29 cents playing slots with free slot play we were given. So $1.36 won this month using casino combat techniques, strategies, and systems. Bottom line, we won cash money gambling. And by the way, this is another month where the slot strategy I invented again won us money. It's been that way every month except one since I started this podcast. I don't know of anyone else that can make that claim, and I certainly don't know anyone that can back up that claim with months of records of every machine played. Honestly, this has worked so well for so long that probably anyone else would be hyping it and selling the information. That's not me. That's not what I'm about. That's not why I'm doing this podcast. It works for me and Mrs. TRG. We've tested it extensively. It works for Billy with the great last name. It works for T-Rex. In addition to generating cash money, it generates free play and points. If you want to know how we play slots, I explain the entire thing in an ebook that I wrote. If you send an email to trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K, of course, and put two words, slot tactics in the subject line our email bot fred will send you a link to download the entire thing for free fred will also email you the entire list of casino wisdoms and the episodes they were introduced in if you send an email with the two words get wisdom in the subject line in addition to winning money gambling we received one dollar and eighty cents in comps 13 cents in match bets 40 cents in free bets and 65 cents in gifts We played blackjack at 28 different tables during the month, winning on exactly half of them, 14, and losing on half of them. 
And that's good exit points, folks. Keep the losing table amount low. Make sure that small wins are protected when they happen. Allow larger wins to roll as long as they're willing to go. That's how you do that. That's how you go half and half, but still win cash money at the end of the month. We played a total of 20 slot machines with 16 winning machines and 14 losing machines. And I'm going to admit, once again, I'm still a little amazed by this. I've said it before, two or three years ago, sitting in a VIP lounge, if someone had made that claim, I'd have laughed at them. Someone said to me that they had a system that allowed them to play 20 slot machines in casinos all across the United States for a month, and not only did they make a profit, but they only lost money on four machines? <laughs> Wouldn't have believed it. Would have laughed at them. I understand if any of you are having the same response. It's more than fair. But those are the results. So, how does it all finish up? We total it all out. We won money gambling. We did that gambling three different ways. We received a bunch of comps and gifts and we had a losing month. I think it's the first official fully losing month ever in the history of the Casino Combat podcast. The final lost and spent number is $2.53. And I'm sure some of you saw that coming over the last four episodes. Some of you have been expecting and predicting this, and that is wisdom, honestly. <laughs> I'm certainly not surprised. I certainly expected this. But if you're somewhat new to this, you haven't heard all the episodes, you, you don't know everything that's happened this month, if you're thinking, wait, what? You won money. You got all this free stuff. How did you have a losing month? It's simple. I bought plane tickets for two people to go to Las Vegas. I bought suite upgrades because they were cheap and the rooms were fun. I kept a promise to my wife and we flew to the Grand Canyon for happy hour. It's officially a losing month because we spent more than we won or received in free stuff from the house. Those are the rules of the podcast. But all the winning made everything we bought cheaper. We were good enough at gambling to live a crazy week in Las Vegas at a discount. And over the time I've been doing this podcast, we are still way ahead in cash. Take an Uber from the airport to the casino instead of a Tesla limo. No sweet upgrades. No Grand Canyon trip. Happy hour at the Bird Bar instead of at the Sky Lounge. And we'd have had an officially by the rules of the podcast profit this month it would have been easy to do it wouldn't have been difficult we just decided we cared more about the things we wanted to do and we had the money to spend on doing them than we cared about proving once again that we could do this and make a profit this month we put experiences and time together ahead of proving the theory this time and i'm being honest i'm being transparent and i'm telling you that right here but i'm also telling you that you could have been us and you could have made money this month by just making a very small number of different choices speaking of lounges let's move on to the vip lounge and wrap things up with a quick drink and a story oh a little bit of the bubbly you know I love a good VIP lounge. I love the people I meet and the stories they have to share. And of course, our VIP lounge is always virtually stocked with everything we love. If I mean, it's like we have a VIP lounge genie to keep us in the best of everything. Gabriel and I have been using a local distillery as a VIP lounge replacement during the pandemic. They have a great smoky bourbon, so I'm going to pour a short bourbon from my cabinet to enjoy in our VIP lounge today. Often you don't see them, but casinos have lots of rules. Some of them are actually more like laws, requirements from a gaming commission, that kind of thing. But some of them, they're more like 
guidelines or suggestions. Most people have to follow them most of the time, but exceptions get made. I told you at some point in a past episode about getting served a meal at a blackjack table when the, quote, you know, air quotes, rule was no eating at the blackjack table. But the wife of a very high roller just insisted and insisted and insisted that the rule be broken, and eventually the rule was broken because they were not going to make her husband mad. Well, today's story is about kind of a similar situation. Uh, Years ago at Casino One, I was sitting in the last seat at a blackjack table. Every blackjack table I've ever seen has a locked box with a slot in the top where dealer tips are placed and protected. And on this table, that box was just to my left within easy reach. Every blackjack table also has a kind of a half circle arc drawn on the felt at roughly the halfway mark on the table. Generally, it's explained to new players that they should not reach past that line while playing the game. I'm well of this again, you know, air quotes, rule. And the tip box is on the other side of the line. So again, don't reach across the line. That's the rule. Well, I'm gambling and I'm winning and I'm also having some drinks and I decide to try to be funny. And I tip the dealer by doing exactly what a dealer would do if they received a tip. I take the chip, I tap it twice on the top of the box and I shout, toast for the crew. The dealer says, thank you, but you really shouldn't reach across the line. And I say, sure, sorry, just goofing around, not trying to cause a problem. And I keep winning and I do it again. Take a tip. Shave and a haircut tap. Tips for the team. And the floor, who's a guy I've known for years, comes over and he says, TRG, come on, man. We, we appreciate the tips. but And we know you're just messing around, but you're really not supposed to reach across the line. Well, another drink later, a big bet, a nice blackjack payout. Tip, tip, hooray. And the dealer grins and the floor grins. And I keep winning, and I keep tipping that way. And eventually the floor comes over and says, look, it's a good show. Everyone else is enjoying it, but you're breaking the rules. And I said, I know, I know, I just, I don't want to ruin this winning streak by tipping another way, and I want to keep tipping. I said, but I can leave, or I can stop, I can stop tipping, and I can do that. And the floor says, TRG, it's my job to tell you to stop breaking the rules. I've done my job. So it's pretty clear at this point that they're not going to enforce this rule for me tonight unless someone from surveillance calls down on the phone and starts making a big deal out of things. At least not this crew at this time. No one wants the tips or the streak to end. Also, keep in mind that this same casino knew me well enough at this time to have me be both a player and a floor supervisor for a couple tables for 20 minutes. They knew me pretty well. The last kind of funny part about this particular evening was that before the streak ended, a new floor supervisor rotated in to replace the first floor supervisor. Time for somebody to take a break. So as he's getting ready to leave, he says loudly enough for me to hear, by the way, TRG keeps breaking the rules by tipping us a lot of money directly into the tip box. I've told him twice that he is breaking the rules, so he has been warned and informed. (laughs) He's also on a nice winning streak, but he's been warned. The next time a tip happened, the new floor just grinned and shook her head. I didn't make a habit of it once the streak ended. I'm sure it would be tougher to get away with today because I'm not the same kind of regular that I used to be. But it's a fun story and a great example of the idea that in casinos, many rules are made to be broken by the right player in the right situation. 
If you're playing the casino chip game, there are seven of them, lucky number seven, in this episode of the podcast. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. Remember our casino wisdoms. Don't tip away your wins, folks. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it. Hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, folks. Thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate it.